The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Worried about blood pressure? You should be. It's one of the keys to heart health and well-being. If you're looking for a way to support healthy blood pressure levels and a simple lifestyle change, here's the good news. A super veggie, great for your heart, beats. Super Beats is a convenient way to get those benefits every day. Super Beats providing a nutrient that helps support healthy blood pressure, working with the body's own natural system. Super Beats, made from beets grown to exacting standards and concentrated into super food crystals. You want healthy blood pressure? Call 800-516-0683 or go to nancysbeats.com. With the first order, get 30 days of Superbeats free, plus indicator strips to see how Superbeats works for you. Free shipping. Call 800-516-0683 or go to nancysbeats.com today. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on Sirius XM Triumph, Channel 132. Wait just a minute. A former Navy SEAL, a Rhodes Scholar, the founder of a veterans charity, a, quote, good husband and father, 
and by all accounts, you know, even my partner in crime, Alan Duke, says he's a darn good-looking guy. Now, I don't find him good-looking, but that's just me because I know the rest of the story. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. I'm talking about a governor, a governor of Missouri, who is admitting now to a sex affair, but denying blackmail. You know what? If a married guy is running around having sex, uh, I don't like it, but mm, my ears don't perk up. Blackmail? That's a whole nother can of worms. I'm talking about Governor Eric Greiton, who sought Missouri's highest office. His resume seemed almost too good to be true, but it's true. As I said, former Navy SEAL, Rhodes Scholar, founder of a veterans charity, faithful husband and father. What went wrong? Joining me right now. Dr. Tiffany Sanders, Chicago psychologist, Nima Haddadi, L.A. criminal defense lawyer and former prosecutor, Art Harris, crime stories, investigative reporter, Alan Duke and Jackie Howard, to break it down and put it back together again. Art Harris, can we just start at the beginning? How does blackmail get into the same sentence with Navy SEAL Rhodes Scholar father and husband. How does blackmail inject itself in there? Let's wind us back just a second, Nancy, uh, to the alleged uh, uh, incident. This is someone who he met. It was his hairdresser. Wait a minute. Which incident? The blackmail or the sex? This is the uh, alleged mistress who has uh, said on a tape that was given to a TV station by her very angry ex-husband who has been stalking the Navy SEAL in tweets for quite a while. She says that he tied her up. Well, he he taped her hands to rings in the basement. He wanted her to come downstairs so he could, quote, make her feel good and also show her how to do a proper pull-up. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Jackie here in the studio is just laughing. Okay, can we all get real just for a moment? Okay, first of all, why is the hairdresser at his house, number one? Number two, if I go to a guy's house and he tells me he wants me to go in the basement to make me feel good and learn to do a proper chin-up or pull-up or whatever it is you just said, right there, I'm gone. Okay, Dr. Tiffany Sanders, please take off your psychologist hat just for a moment and put on your regular working woman hat. First of all, a married man wants to take you in his basement to, quote, make you feel good. You know what? I feel good walking out the door. This is not a young girl. She's at a married man's home, and he wants to take her to the basement to, quote, make her feel good and do a pull-up. Okay, that is laughable. Right, Nancy. You know, this is a husband, uh, a, a former Navy SEAL. Professionalism, when you're interacting with other professions, there's no need to make each other feel good. If she's doing a service and she cuts your hair, that makes you feel good. And then you give her a tip as you pay her and you escort her out the door. So he was actually trying to seduce her. I'll make you feel good. Let me bring you in this place and let me show you how to do it properly. Those are tactics of a, of a single man who's aggressively pursuing a woman, not of a politician 
and an upstanding citizen who is supposed to be leading the state or a future leader of the state. I'm very sad and disappointed to hear that. If my husband had done anything like that, oh, we would truly have a problem. Ooh, oh, uh, uh, uh. If David Eugene Lynch invites another woman to the basement to teach her how to do a pull-up, honey, he's coming home to all his clothes burning in the front yard and all the locks changed. Exactly. Whenever he smarts up, I say something loving like, how does every other weekend sound to you? Okay, that straightens him up pretty quickly. Art Harris, stop laughing because you know David. Okay. I want to get back to this. Art Harris, there you see a woman's view of let me teach you how to do a pull-up in my basement. For all of you guys listening to SiriusXM 132, please do not use that pitiful pickup line. Come to my basement. Let me teach you how to do a pull-up. But actually, Art, maybe it is a good pickup line because seemingly it worked. Art? Well, Nancy, I'm according to the, uh, uh, the student of push-ups, she did go to the basement uh, she did say that she knew that this was uh, a seduction scene, uh, and she just froze. Apparently, he taped her hands to some rings, according to uh, to her, uh, presumably to make it easier to hold on to them while she was doing the push-up. But then she sees a flash and knows that he's taking a picture of her. When she hears him say, if you ever say anything or mention my name, these will be widely circulated. This is according to her ex-husband, who is very angry and has been tweeting the governor quite a while, accusing him of, of, of these things that he finally has acknowledged. All right, all right, all right. You're putting the cart before the horse. Hold on. Let, let me back it up. When you first said, taped her fingers to rings i i just assumed you were putting tape in the back of a ring on your finger to make it fit your finger did i get that wrong <laughs> i'm reading between the lines nancy as an ex native guy who knows knows seals and uh, knows how how you do pull-ups and how to make them easy uh that is if you can somehow tape your hands in place it's the only thing that i can imagine he was doing unless there was some bondage going on which she doesn't uh, just allege but. Alan Duke, what I'm trying to say is these were not rings that fit on your fingers. These were exercise pull-up rings. I believe Art left out the part where she was naked and blindfolded, Alan Duke. These were exercise pull-up rings. Yeah, she was naked and blindfolded. Let's just try to start at the beginning. The hairdresser goes to his home ostensibly to do his hair he invites her to the basement to quote make her feel good and show her how to do a pull-up she goes down there according to art harris and he tapes her hands to pull up exercise rings somehow she ends up naked and blindfolded and there's a photo taken and that sets the ball in motion but to nima hadati very well-known L.A. criminal defense lawyer, Nima, I don't want to throw you a bone on this one, but so far I have not heard a crime yet. Yeah, definitely not. And on top of everything, there is uh, some type of motive even uh, by the ex-husband that his marriage fell apart as to uh, maybe stretching the truth a little bit. Well, don't you think a photo, a picture speaks a thousand words? Art Harris, what, what are you saying about a photo? The hairdresser notices a flash and 
assumes that he has taken photos of her nude. Uh, he, she says he then said, look, if you ever say anything, use my name. These will be widely circulated. Uh, he denies that, of course, through his lawyer. Uh, and as far as the crime goes, I, I'm trying to figure out why it is now being investigated uh, by the local DA. Uh, the husband says the FBI has, has called. Uh, so I don't know if that is in relation to uh, a blackmail, alleged blackmail threat, or an email that uh, the wife sent him uh, to say, you know, we got to cut this off, hurting too many people. That email has surfaced, Nancy, in the local newspaper. Uh, and so you have a lot of snippets of so-called evidence uh, that is is a little murky. Well, to, as a matter of fact, let's take a listen. Alan Duke, could you please roll the conversation we have recorded allegedly by the hairdresser's ex-husband and her husband? Tell me the truth. So Saturday morning... Before my first client, I did go to his house. The first time. The first time. Ever. Like I said, nothing, period, had ever happened or taken place until this snowball tornado just happened. I know I brought it on. So she's explaining, Alan Duke, explaining to her ex-husband that her interactions with Governor Greitens were sometimes initiated by her. They met because she did his hair. But the fact that they met professionally and she initiated some of their sex interactions does not relieve him from that. But again, Alan, an extramarital affair is not a crime. Right. It was consensual. Okay. Let's let's listen to that. That... Eric a year ago and I instantly had a big crush on him. So to Dr. Tiffany Sanders, Chicago psychologist, she says she feels drawn to the governor. But when he told her, I want you to come over to his home, she at first said no. She wanted to meet for coffee. And he responds, I can't. I can't be seen with you. This is wrong. Listen to what she said. And I said, I know. So he said, just please just come to my house. And here's a slippery slope, Dr. Tiffany. She says she agrees to go to his house to, quote, talk. Talk. I don't want to talk to a married man. I don't even want to talk to them. Absolutely. What What's the purpose of the conversation? Uh, you could essentially email your rates, what, you know, send pictures of your portfolio of work you've done. What do we need to discuss? And the reason why he didn't want to possibly meet with her in public is because he didn't want to give an image of doing something improper. So he begs you to meet behind closed doors. That's a clear warning signal. And where is this woman's judgment? She also was married. So you have to think about it. If your husband was doing something like that, wouldn't you be offended? So somewhere at all sense of judgment on both parts is just totally missing. And I am I'm surprised that this woman made these or took these steps. Take a listen to what else the alleged mistress has to say. I'll make you feel better. I'll make you feel good. Come downstairs. I want to show you how to do a proper pull-up. 
and I knew that he was being sexual, and I still let him. And he used some sort of tape, I don't know what it was, and taped my hands to these rings, and then put a blindfold on me. I don't even know, I feel like, I don't even know. He's just numb, and he's in there, and he's just no. And he stepped back and I saw a flash through the blindfold. He said, You're never going to mention my name, otherwise, these pictures will be everywhere. So, Art Harris, Crime Stories contributing reporter, that's exactly as you said, it is supported in these recorded conversations about the flash. No one has seen the photos, Nancy, or they haven't been produced. He denies uh, taking them, but I think at one point he may say, uh, I had some photos and I deleted them. But there, you know, there is not, so where is that evidence uh, that he was supposedly going to use to blackmail her? We don't know. Uh, we do know this husband uh, has uh, been calling newspapers, tweeting, uh, and turning over tapes he's made of his wife uh, discussing this. Uh, and that has uh, created a firestorm in Missouri and demands for him to resign. And now a local DA saying the local citizens deserve a full investigation of this. As a matter of fact, Art, once again, you're right. Take a listen to what the ex-husband has to say. This is what he tells News 4 and why he is still upset. He took a picture of my wife naked as blackmail. There is no worse person. I think it's as bad as it gets. I think it's as bad as it gets when somebody takes advantage of somebody. So to L.A. criminal defense attorney Nima Hazadi, Nima, this is where the allegation of blackmail comes in. It's what the governor allegedly tells the mistress about the photo. Yes. You know, uh, Nancy, one more issue that um stands out to me as well is even after the alleged blackmail takes place uh the mistress does allege that there's one more physical altercation even after that throw that out there as well so Nema Haidati you're right you're right about that timeline of events she does go back to the well but does that negate the initial blackmail no, it does not. Initial alleged blackmail. Go ahead. No, based on those facts, uh, if those facts are true, then this does equate out to blackmail. Um, there is a, a threat to release uh, something embarrassing to the public, and that's exactly what allegedly happened in that case. So I'm trying to s- sort through all this to Alan Duke. Uh, he has issued a statement. What does his statement say, Alan? Uh, Yes, Nancy, uh, after this just emerged very recently, he and his wife issued a joint statement. In fact, they sort of did it in her voice. She says a few years ago before Eric was elected governor, there was a time when he was unfaithful in our marriage. This was a deeply personal mistake. Eric took responsibility. We dealt with this together honestly and privately. And that was the initial statement. He did admit to being unfaithful, though, and that's probably the important thing. But they say it is over. Let's forget about it. Well, the reality is um, if you locked up every guy that's been unfaithful, well, 
Who would be left, Jackie? She's saying, I don't know. Would there be anybody left? I swear on a stack of Bibles that my husband and my father were never unfaithful. And I'm going to go to my grave believing that. And I don't want to know anything different. Uh, But, I mean, what I'm saying is to be unfaithful, to cheat on your wife or husband, is not a reason to lose a job. Period. When he comes back up for re-election, then the people of Missouri can decide if they want him to be their governor anymore. I mean, look at Clinton, for Pete's sake. He was voted in twice, and we know he ran around. So let's think this thing through. The problem with this, though, is blackmail. That is a crime if this rises to blackmail. To Art Harris, Crime Stories contributing reporter, Art, is there actually a formal investigation going on? Is this governor, Missouri governor, under criminal investigation for blackmail? The circuit... Yeah, the circuit attorney uh, is looking into this, she says, and has asked anyone with any knowledge to call her office, and they will follow up on uh, on, on any tips. If these, this fact scenario is true, and he takes a picture of her blindfolded and naked and says, if my name gets out, your picture is going to be everywhere, that's blackmail. But how do you prove that to a jury. It seems to me it's a a tough one if you're a DA, uh, and it's a dream case uh, if you're a defense lawyer. First of all, you don't have a photo. Uh, Second of all, you have her statement to her husband that that's what happened, and they are now divorced. This has caused a rupture in their marriage. Uh, They have a daughter. Uh, The guidance have children, and you know, so this of course it ruptures the marriage. I guess so. I mean, if I walked in and found David with another woman, and either one of them were tied up doing a pull-up <laughs> naked in a blindfold, oh yeah, fur would fly. Art fur would fly. See you you know it. But I, I want to get back to what concerns me. I don't care what they're doing in their private time. I, I do not care. But what I care about is a crime. Now, you said this is tough to prove. How are you going to prove it? Well, I'll tell you how. It's called a jury trial. That's how. If they believe the woman, then they'll convict. If they don't believe it was a legitimate blackmail, then they will not. That's how you prove it. Win or lose, you put it to a jury. You give it your best shot. Remember all those days in court together, Art Harris? I remember you, Nancy, uh, uh, imploring the jury uh, of a uh, a, a young woman who was uh, 15 and looked older, but uh, in your eyes, you told the jury, I'll never forget, said, she is a child of God, and Nancy. They came back, and they believed you, and they believed uh, the the, you know the uh, the victim. So, you know, you don't know what the jury is going to believe, but it does boil down to credibility. It it really does. But I'm just trying to figure out. I'm going to go back to Nima Hadadi on this. Nima, what is your understanding? I mean, I think I understand very well what is blackmail, but do you believe this is blackmail? Do you think a jury would convict? You know, uh, I don't. Based on the facts right now, uh, technically, allegedly, um, yes, the way that the facts are put out there, if if you were to believe the recording, yes, 100%, I believe that the jury would uh, come back. They have the elements of blackmail, but I feel like for a defense attorney, um, there's a lot of issues. There's a lot of things missing. There's a lot of motive there. Um, There's just 
it seems like a lot of issues to muddy the water. Well, we've done some legal research, and um, Art Harris and I worked on a case like this together many, many years ago. But Missouri's wiretapping law is a one-party consent, which means if you're on the phone and you're, you're talking to someone, one of you agrees to be taped and the other one doesn't know, that's okay. <laughs> All right, so you can record your own conversations, and that is what the ex-husband did in this scenario. He taped his conversations with his wife as she was describing this sex encounter with the governor. You know what? I hate to see a good governor, if he is in fact a good governor, a Navy SEAL, a veterans charity organizer, a Rhodes Scholar go crashing down especially hate to see his family go crashing down over an affair if the wife wants to put their relationship back together. But if blackmail is involved, that, as I said, is a whole nother can of worms. We are on it. You know, switching gears very quickly. Are you exhausted, Art Harris? Okay, because you've got the two boys you've raised you've got a much younger wife okay i'll just put that out there you're traveling all over the world reporting um writing the works because i am you know me trying to keep up with the twins i'm half dead all the time have you guys heard of superfoods because i read about it and heard about it and didn't know what it was but what they are are nutritionally dense foods that are super beneficial to your health and one of the most powerful superfoods known is beets, loaded with nutrients that increase your blood flow and that increases your energy. But who has time to grow, pick, prepare, cook, and eat beets every day? I do not. Here is the good news. Now you can get the energy benefits of that superfood beets in a powerful concentrated superfood drink, Super Beets. Only Super Beets made from beets grown to exacting standards. Then they are concentrated down into superfood crystals you mix with water. I've been doing it and my energy has increased. It's true. Super Beets promotes your body's own natural ability to produce healthy circulation. That increases your energy and stamina. If you want the benefits of a powerful superfood and you want it pronto and easy, call 1-800-516-0683 or go online to nancysbeets.com, N-A-N-C-Y-S-B-E-E-T-S.com. With the first order, you get another 30-day supply of Super Beats free, plus indicator strips to see how Super Beats working for you, plus free shipping. 800-516-0683. Or go online to nancysbeats.com today. I need the energy, and I'm getting it with Super Beats. Thanks, Super Beats. Now, I'm traveling across the country. In fact, we're heading to Cuyahoga County in Cleveland and the medical examiner's office. We have learned that the remains of a four-year-old tot have been discovered. Not only have they been discovered, no one has claimed them. 
to Art Harris, Crime Stories contributing reporter. Art, what can you tell me? How can someone not notice their four-year-old child is missing? Nancy, this is something that has traumatized even the homicide detectives. He's never seen a case like this in the 17 years on the force. Uh, they have found a skeletal remains of a four-year-old uh, in garbage bags in the back of a vacant house. This was back on September 20th. Uh, landscaper finds the bag, sees the skeleton, calls police. They're taken to the medical examiner's office, and she does a facial reconstruction uh, and develops a photo um, of this this child, and the, the police put it out on the media. No one has come forward to say they have lost a child, a child is missing, and the theory is, well, maybe it came off, someone came off the highway near here and tossed the child. So it may not be local, but this is a, a horrible mystery uh, that someone would not come forward and claim uh, this body, this child. No one has reported a child missing. And so, Nancy, this is something uh, uh, for CSI. Take a listen to Detective Antonot. Well, I've been homicide now for almost 17 years, and this is the first case I've had like this. To Alan Duke joining me in L.A. Alan, this is not some... Um, quote, bad area of town. This is a pretty nice looking home. And the child is found amidst garbage bags in the back. But the kicker is it's under construction. They're renovating or remodeling or rebuilding. And workers are the one that found, ones that found the skeletonized remains. It was a landscaper who was cleaning up the yard. Apparently they're getting ready to reoccupy it, but it's, it's unoccupied now and has been apparently for a while. But yeah, nobody was living there. The fact that it was amongst or in in trash bags says to me this was a homicide because a child does not die by accident without 911 being called say they drowned in the bathtub or they fell or they got run over in the street you would typically call 911 why would you put you know as much like top mom Casey Anthony why would you put the child in a trash bag and throw away the body unless it was a nefarious death now, this child has been skeletonized, so the child has been there, according to them, at least several months. The child is around four years old with dark, wavy hair. That's all we know. Now, uh, Art, you and I have been working together on many, many cases, and we know that it is phenomenal what sketch artists can do as far as reconstructing what um, a corpse would look like in life. And they've done a pretty good job, Art. It's astounding what uh, the, the artist has done here, Nancy. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is a the, he, she's given the child a personality, it looks like in these photos, uh, even a smile. Uh, and the smile she made because she found several teeth and thinks that uh, even one of them was a little chipped. And so the picture depicts a, a happy child here uh, before uh, he ran into a terrible uh, trauma uh, and was, was tossed like a piece of garbage. You know, the fact that you, what you just told me, a chipped tooth, that indicates to me some type of impact. If the tooth is still in the mouth, that means the child had impact to the mouth. 
uh, forcibly enough to chip a tooth. It's not like animals got a hold of it and they found the tooth outside the body and anything could really have happened to it. This chipped tooth was still in the child's mouth, which tells me there was a forcible impact to the mouth. Also, uh, the date the child's been there about four months so we're looking for a four-year-old that's been gone at least four months dark wavy hair also dna there should be if there's any hair enough hair to get a nucleus which means the root of your hair from that if it's allowed in the state I would advise familial DNA, a familial DNA search. Alan Duke, you and I have gone round and round about familial DNA. What that is, is say, Art Harris, sorry, but you're about to be dead in this scenario. I find Art Harris's body. I don't know who it is. So I take Art's DNA and I compare it through familial DNA to everybody in CODIS. That is the nationwide directory of DNA. It's basically DNA of a lot of the felons and some misdemeanors across the country. It will identify if this DNA is related to anybody behind bars right now or anybody in their family. uh, Alan, don't you think that would be a good next step? Yeah. Yeah, well, the the nice thing about familial DNA is while Art doesn't have a criminal record, maybe his evil sister does. Not that I know he's got one, uh, but let's say she, her DNA is in the system and they can match it up and say, OK, somebody related to this woman is our perpetrator or a suspect. And they will then start looking around in his in the family. Then you go to that woman and say, hey, tell me about your relatives. Who could have possibly done this? Now, here you would be doing it in reverse. You've got the victim's DNA from a, a, a root, a nucleus of the hair. And if you've got a tooth still attached in the gum, you might be able to get DNA there. So you would be trying to find somebody related to this child behind bars. And I'm happy to report that in this jurisdiction, Ohio, they do allow the use of familial DNA. Take a listen to what the police say in this most recent press conference. Uh, There was a homicide in that same area around the same time frame that we discovered these remains and we thought it may have been connected but uh, no, it's not connected at all. Anything else? There's going to be people out there I would say that there is somebody that misses this four-year-old. They just haven't put the pieces together to know that we're looking for this person. So that uh, uh, sketch that you guys have uh, blasted out every place. I mean, we checked every known database that we have uh, for a child of that age uh, range uh, to be missing, and we can't find one that matches this description. So, of course, there's somebody uh, that uh, the child didn't just end up there. So we're just asking the public's help and and identifying this child and and giving us some kind of closure and information as to how this transpired so that we can finish this case. But again, to Dr. Tiffany Sanders, Chicago psychologist, how do you 
not notice your four-year-old child is gone for four months. Nancy, it's unthinkable. It makes me question the parents' love and care for the child, which obviously is probably nothing. And what, whether the child was abused or neglected when they were under her care. So this is a person who is callous. They have no regard for human life. That's why they didn't uh, probably file a police report and maybe drop that body off in a, a different location. These parents did not do what a parent's supposed to do, love protect, teach, care, guide their child. And this young, unfortunate, beautiful four-year-old could have been a valuable member to our society. It is a little boy. It's a little boy with wavy, dark hair. The sketch artist put the hair down to just down the neck. Take a listen. This little boy did have a strong chin. He had all six of his top front teeth, so I did him smiling because the teeth can be very diagnostic, meaning we recognize. And I think the tip of one of his canines was a little bit chipped, and I think that even shows in the picture I drew. I'm just looking at this sketch. It's incredible. It's a really good sketch for anyone with any information. Help us. Help us identify this child. The tip line, 216-721-5610. Press 1. 216-721-5610 or 216-623-5464. 216-623-5464. The location is Cayuga County. The remains of this little four-year-old boy were found on Longmead Avenue. There's no doubt about it. Right now, we're trying to determine the cause of death. The medical examiner's office says they are still in the early stages of their investigation to establish an identification and a cause of death. They're still working on it. I guess, Art Harris, the fact that the child is skeletonized it's going to be very difficult to determine COD, cause of death. You know, they've got to rule out all sorts of things. Nancy, you've you've done strangulation deaths, for example. Is the hyoid bone broken in the neck? And that's one thing they would want to rule out. Um, you know, what about these teeth? I mean, you, you suggest that perhaps a victim of, of domestic abuse of sorts, maybe a, the, the mother's boyfriend, what's happened to the mother? We don't know. But the tooth is chipped. Could it have been? from a bicycle fall. I mean, all these things have to be ruled out, but they're working backwards. Listen to Detective Antonon. This Longmead address is, you know, close proximity to Interstate 71 and 480. So maybe someone is passing through trying to find a place to, you know, dump the child, trying to get the um, child identified. Several people have called, um, offered information who it could be. There's been quite a bit of DNA testing already trying to identify the child. But so far, you know, the child is unidentified. If you have information, please help us solve the mystery of this tiny child's remains. I want to pause and thank our partners who are making our program today on Sirius XM 132 possible as we investigate the discovery of this tot's remains. It's LegalZoom. And here's the question. What's your story in 2018? 
The holidays are over. There's no excuse left. Now, let LegalZoom make this a memorable year before other distractions take hold. Make this the year you get serious about launching and running your business. Or rest easier knowing your family's future is squared away with the right estate plan. LegalZoom has been helping people just like us take care of dreams and responsibilities over 16 years. They're not a law firm, but they have a nationwide network of independent lawyers standing by to give you advice to set you on the right path. And it's all right at your fingertips. Whether you want to take your business to the next level or take control of your family's future with an estate plan, LegalZoom plugs right into your life so you can take care of the things that matter the most. Get off to a strong start in 2018 at LegalZoom.com. Get special savings today when you enter code NANCY, N-A-N-C-Y, in the promo box at checkout. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. LegalZoom, thank you not only for what you do for Americans across the country every day, but for being our partner on SiriusXM 132 today. Now we travel to Lancaster, South Carolina, where a three-year-old little girl has been found dead. Police in Lancaster stunned to find this child dead to Joseph Scott Morgan, forensics expert and professor of forensics at Jacksonville State University. What do we know about the cause of death? cause of death is listed as blunt force trauma to the head in this particular case, Nancy. That's right. Joe Scott, the police are saying in Lancaster County, well, actually it's the coroners, are saying that this child died from blunt force trauma to the head, which resulted in bleeding inside the skull. Uh, it's akin to having a car crash. That's how severe the head injury was. What causes bleeding to the brain or subdural bleeding? What happens, Nancy, is that when an individual is struck uh, in the head, uh, tiny little vessels rupture, rupture within the brain. And, you know, as we all know, our brain is contained within a little sack inside of our skull and then, of course, within the skull, and that pressure begins to build up. You can imagine this little girl struggling for breath, and what happens is they, the vessels, the, the blood vessels in the brain essentially strangulate because it's so constricted and so tight, and there's so much blood, and there's no relief uh, from this. I recall very well uh, when my little nephew was struck by a car, a van, by a woman with three screaming kids in the back. He was out riding his bicycle, and he had bleeding uh, inside the skull. Luckily, he got raced to the hospital, and they put a shunt, S-H-U-N-T, in his skull. This is when I was still a prosecutor. And they did that to relieve the pressure on the skull. They actually bore a hole in his head and put a tube down the top into his head to relieve pressure because that kind of a blow to the head, your brain starts to swell, and it can only go so far because of your skull. And then once that happens, you die. 
And I will never forget uh, flying down the interstate to get to the hospital and walking in. And he had a, a tube coming out the very top of his head. I remember this moment. I fell to my knees and started praying. Because, I mean, I'm no doctor, as we all know. But I knew how how serious it was. I'm happy to report that he went on to, after a very, very long stay in Children's Hospital, to be a double major in college in chemistry and IT. And now he's a sharpshooter IT tech for a big corporation with a wife and a baby that moved in with me with their dog and cat. (laughs) So, you know, it can't have a happy ending if you go to the hospital. That didn't happen with this little baby. And I'm imagining the injury that by the second grew worse inside the child's head. This is a yes-no answer, Joe Scott Morgan. Could this type of trauma have happened accidentally? It's like she was in a car crash, but she was in a bathtub. Yes. So you think she could have gotten multiple blows to the head while in the bathtub? No. Okay, so that's a yes, no. Um, That's not an answer. What the coroner is saying, it could not have happened accidentally. To Bobby Maxwell joining me, uh, contributing reporter with Crime Stories. Bobby, the cops were told that she was in the bathtub, that the babysitter checked on her, and she was looking around and breathing. That's in the warrant. What more do we know, Bobby? Well, we know that she left the the bathroom, and when she came back, she said she was unresponsive. Who is and she? Are you talking about the little the baby? Kayla Cook was the one who then found little Lillian unresponsive. You mean the babysitter? Kayla Cook is the girlfriend of little Lillian's father. She was the one in charge of her that day, and she was the one that put her in the bathtub, checked on her later, and found her unresponsive. So her story doesn't make any sense, Bobby. Uh, what more do we know about the girl being found unconscious, Lillian, not breathing when police were called to their Heath Circle home? What more do we know about her injuries? Um, the Kayla Cook called 911 after saying the child was unresponsive. The child was supposed to be in the care of the grandmother, according to a Department of Social Services um, hand down. So Kayla wasn't even supposed to have the child in her in her care at that time. The child did die by uh, means of uh, blunt force trauma, according to uh, officials on the scene. And she had bruises on her body as well. Um, when 911 was called and the responders got there, they said she was unresponsive and she did die in the hospital. Mm, mm, and she was covered in bruises, numerous bruises across her body. Okay, right there, covered in bruises. Joe Scott Morgan, speaking as a forensics expert, when you find a child with blunt force trauma to the head, and there are already bruises on her body. That screams pre-existing abuse to me. If the bruises are already visible and formed. Yes, you're absolutely right, Why? Nancy. Why? Explain that. 
Well, uh, you, you're going to have uh, bruises. One of the things that we do uh, in forensics is something called the aging of bruises. And this gives us an idea, you know, dependent, we, we can all identify with an old bruise that we have on our body and how it changes colors. It's very simple. That's one of the things that we do uh, when we're doing these examinations to determine uh, uh, how long these bruises have been in place and have they been healing. Remember, these things are occurring in life. You don't get a bruise if you're dead. Okay, so this this trauma has to happen in life. And the question is going back. Okay, wait a minute. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Right there. Bruises don't happen when you're dead. Bruises no, do not do happen post-mortem. Why? Nope. Because the blood cannot coagulate or form at the point of impact because your blood is not pumping. You're you don't absolutely. get bruises post-mortem, post-after-mortem death. Post-mortem bruising does not happen. And at the time they find the baby with her head bashed in, a three-year-old little Lillian with her head bashed in in the tub from numerous blows. When you fall in the bathtub, you get one blow. You don't fall and then fall again on the other side of your head and then fall again on the front and fall again on the back. That doesn't happen. That is against the laws of nature. So multiple blows to the head do not happen that way. Plus, she's covered in bruises, bruises that are visible when the EMTs get there. What does that mean? That means the bruises existed before. That means to me the child was beaten before this day. That's what I'm saying, Joe Scott. You're right on target with that assessment, Nancy. And I think one of the bigger questions is going to the care of this child is how far back in time do these bruises go? Do we have bruises that date three, four, five days, maybe even a week uh, prior to her death? And this goes to this idea of how much agony, how much torment was this poor little angel in prior to the fatal blow that was struck in the bathroom. What do we know, Bobby Maxwell joining us, investigative reporter, what do we know about this girlfriend, this killer cook? Well, we know that she was with her boyfriend, according to her Facebook page, for a good year, year and a half. Um, and she was living with the boyfriend and the little toddler and was in her care that day. Kayla has children of her own, according to her Facebook page, and um, was in this relationship, but does does not show a single picture on her Facebook page of little Lillian, who she had been with for a year and a half. This all goes down with the girlfriend in the home alone. Let me understand, Bobby Maxwell was the girlfriend, the 25-year-old Kayla Cook, the only one in the home at the time the child died. I mean, there's a theory in the law, which you know, Bobby, race ipsiloquitur, which means the thing speaks for itself. In law school, it's civil, not criminal, but in law school they gave us the example of a big bag of flour falling out of a window onto somebody's head and it kills them as they walk underneath and nobody is in the, in the room, which means the thing speaks for itself. It fell out the window uh, on its own and must have been placed there negligently. So here you've got her alone with a little girl in the home, and the girl ends up beaten dead in the bathtub. It speaks for itself as far as I'm concerned. She's the only one home 
Who else could it have been? I mean, are we sure nobody else was home at the time? No one was home when the EMS got to the, the house, and, and Kayla was the one that made the 911 call. Her brain injuries were so severe, she died, quote, within minutes of the head injury. I want answers. If you know anything about this death, if you know anything about this investigation, please call Child Help. 1-800-4-A-CHILD or the Lancaster Police Department, 803-283-1173. Repeat, 803-283-1173. Nancy Grace, Crime Stories, signing off. Goodbye, friend. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zin 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Lisa's Sapira Hybrid has been named Wirecutter's best hybrid mattress five years running. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress, for being our partner. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Easy Breathe. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed or do-it-yourself kits available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner.